What's happening? Corey Wong here with the brand new Wong Notes podcast. Premier Guitar asked me to get this thing going. We have a sick first season all set up. We have current and future legends slash icons of the guitar. We got Joe Satriani. We got Schofield. We got Molly Tuttle. Eric Johnson. We got James Valentine from Maroon 5. Good friend of mine. Banjo Ledge. Bela Fleck. Rob Harris from Jamiroquoi. Smash that subscribe button. Hit it, baby. Peace. I'm John Bolger with Premier Guitar. We are backstage with Neil Giraldo before his uh, show with his wife, Pat Benatar, at the Bridgestone Arena. Neil, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. Did Thank I get you. it right? Perfect. Fantastic. Give our audience the correct uh, Sicilian pronunciation of your name. Originally, I was born Nunzio Tommaso Giacomo Giraldo. Giraldo, with a C. But then when my, my family came from Sicily, uh, from Bronte, Catania, to America, they thought uh, C was a G, so I became Giraldo. And my name was Nunzio, and it was changed to Neil because the doctor delivered me. I had a, a blocked airwave, and his name was Cornelius Cassidy. So they, my parents named me after him, Neil. Huh. So I was really Nunzio. Hey, that's there, you, there you, you have it. The story that's, that's behind the story. The, the beginning, the backstory of where we're at today. <laughs> that's it. That's great. Hey, man, yeah. tell us a little bit about some of these great guitars you have back sure. here. Well, we could go right here. Uh, GMP makes great, great instruments. Uh, Gary Moline, who originally had the who had the uh, company. Uh, Dan Lawrence took over the company and started making them again, which mm. are fantastic. So he made this one special for me. It's like silver because it matches my hair. You see what's <laughs> happening with that? Huh? No lights go on and my hair turns red. This turns red. It's a fun little guitar. I love this one. This is a good is, one. What's it, um, now it's coming, uh, do you know what kind of pickups are in that? Or what do you think? Yeah, there's Seymour Duncan something. Something he wound up for Duncan's, me. Duncan's, and yeah. the Bigsby, did that come? Well, they, they used to call it the Neil Heel, oh. GMP, when they did it, because all the guitars I wanted to have big space on them, yeah? Oh, very Not cool. that I'm a bomber. I don't do any of that. Everything I do is, like, smooth. Yeah, I just subtle. want to be smooth and gentle, yeah. So they put them on all of them. So yeah, they're, they, they go on everything. Love those great big knobs as uh, retro-y. Yeah, two knobs. Two knobs, this toggle, that's all you need right there. Usually stay down like that all the time anyway. Is it kind of a Les Paul maple top mahogany body, you know? I don't know what the heck kind of wood it is. It's really heavy though, here. Wow, holy smokes. That's what I'm saying. You gotta be in shape to play a guitar. Yeah. Rock and roll, it's important. Yeah, wow. It's cool, right? That is so heavy. Yeah, great sound of guitar. So was that a, a signature model? Uh, it was, and it, they, Gary did one for me, Gary Moline, and then we just carried it over. Then when Dan started doing, took over the company, then he started doing it as well, so, huh. yeah. That's great. Yeah, now you, you um, I really knew you as a VC Rich kind of Correct. guy. Correct. Um, but then tellies, a lot of tellies. A lot of tellies, yeah. Strats. Uh, Strats on occasion too, sure. Yeah, yeah, most, well, when I joined the Derringer Band, Rick Derringer Band in 1978, I was playing an SG, the only guitar I had. I only had a red SG, that's all I had. Huh. And when I joined the band, he says, we got to get you fixed up with some other guitars. You need a BC Rich guitar. So I says, great. I go, I, I like that. He played a Mockingbird. He goes, you ain't getting that. You can have something else. How about an Eagle or a Seagull? I go, oh, an Eagle's good. So I got a couple. They gave me a couple of those. And then I just fell in love with them because they just sounded so good. And yeah. Rick and I were both playing BC Rich, and it was a good feel back then. So then I got hooked on them. And then I used uh, my brown Eagle, I call Butters. I used her for most of the tracking on Crimes of Passion. And, really? Uh, not so much Heated of Night, but Crimes of Passion, Precious Time record. I used that on quite a right. bit. Yeah, yeah. Mostly right. everything. Yeah. So where is that guitar now? Is it like in a vault at home? Sleeping or? safely in an un undisclosed location. <laughs> 
so it could just rest. Yeah, yeah right, I, I, right. I can't let her out because she's too wild. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and truly a, like a legendary guitar, man. Yeah, it has yeah. a lot of, it's really got a sweet spirit to it. And, you know, it's a, it means a lot to me that you know, it was on a ton of records. And yeah. I just, I can't play it because I'm always afraid I'll drop it. Or, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Because yeah. I do that. I bust them all the time. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. I, well, I, you're a real physical player. I'm too. a pretty physical guy yeah, yeah. when I'm up there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I try to relax because, I mean, you can get better things happening if you relax when you play. But you have to dig in, and the only way I know how to dig in is to be there. Yeah, you just got to be there. Yeah, I, I, I just it just happens. Yeah, <laughs> my mother said I could never have anything good. <laughs> if I have a pair of jeans, I'd have them for a day, and then they'd rip. Right, you know, just because that's what I do. Yeah, same yeah. thing with the guitars. Same with guitars. Yeah. yeah. Look at the, that guy over there. That looks. Oh, like this one's a good one. Yeah, high oh, I like mileage. this one. I use I use her all the time. I call her Pain. <laughs> I'm gonna give her a name. I'm gonna put her name up here, Pain. Um, I use her a lot. I love her. She's fantastic. It's, uh, you know, semi-hollow, and I filled it up a little bit just so it wouldn't feed back too What'd much. What'd you uh, fill it with? I don't know, just some kind of regular foam, huh. yellow foam, and uh, stuck it in there. <laughs> My tech didn't like it so much because you can't get to the volume knobs or anything, but stuff it up there so it controls some of the feedback, but you still, it still talks back to you, which is cool. Um, uh, again, I use this type of Bigsby. The, the ones that I think came on it, or they didn't come on it, were a little different. But this one seems to work the best. So that was retrofitted yeah. on later. What, mm -hmm. Do you know what year and model number this is? Uh, this is a Starfire. I think it's Starfire 3, and I don't know what year it is. Uh, I don't know, 67? I, yeah, I'm totally that's wrong. No I have relic. no idea. That's the real deal. Yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah it gets, it's got all the kind of deal going on. It, um, what happened when I was a kid, there was this uh, local band in my neighborhood, and uh, the guitar player's name was Phil Meglorino, Italian, because we you know, grew up all Italian. Sure. Everybody, you know? Phil Meglorino. And he was older than everybody, but he had this great uh, quiver, you know, this, it, it was yeah. great. And I, I kept watching and looking up and I was like 11 years old, like, oh man. And he played a red Starfire. I said, man, you know, I got to get one of those one day. And yeah. then I, and I did, and I just fell in love. So I do it in honor of him because he was the guy that kind of taught me that quiver. Yeah, how cool. Now, yeah. um, did you uh, put different pickups in that? Yeah, again, different pickups. These oh, are, again, Seymour Duncan, he just winds some stuff up for me. Oh, so the Seymour, in fact, I saw an interview you did with him. So you, yeah. you guys go way back, right? Way back. Yeah. Way, we have a great story of, uh, of him winding pickups for me and Jeff Beck at the, on the, at the same time. Wow. And um, this was when he, went his, he was in his garage. So, and then we're for a Strat, the back pickup. Well, actually, all three pickups for a Strat. So he winds them, he sends them to me, sends a set to Jeff Beck. Jeff gets his. I get mine. Uh, he calls me up. He says, uh, "Spider, yeah, it's Spider. He says, "Spider, we got a little bit of a problem." I says, "What's the problem?" He goes, I, "He goes, how do you like the pickups?" I love the pickups. He goes, "They're not yours. They're supposed to go to Jeff Beck." I go, "Damn, that ain't fair. These are so good." He goes, "But you know what's really funny? Jeff got yours, and he don't want to return yours either." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So we kept each other's. So you've got the original Jeff Beck that was going to him, and, and he got, got the one that was going to me. Yeah. So I mean, they were probably similar, but back then when he did them in his garage, I mean, yeah. who knows what was going on back yeah. there? So he's a, he's an old. Old, dear old friend we've, I've known forever. So. Well, so the Jeff Beck that he's selling today was really the spider. Oh, no, that, this, this was a one-off thing. I'm oh, sure right. he just, yeah, he just wound them up. He goes, yeah, give it a try, you know, that, huh. back then. It's garage windings, yeah. you know. Oh, how cool. You know, so, yeah, it worked out really good. Wow, so, man, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's fun stuff. Hey, no, I see you've got another, like, a yeah, that's more the sister. modern. That's the newer one. That's just a sister to uh, Payne over here. So yeah. do you just, do you, um, that's, is that basically a backup if... 
D, okay. the Kia D. D. So yeah, so I, I mean, yeah, it's just a backup. Um, I have quite a few of these actually. I probably got about four or five that I take out here with me. Um, I'm also using Gibson uh, 135s now. Oh. With uh, uh, Bigsby's as well. Very cool. Yeah, so this is just used as like the sister to Payne. Now is the 135, is that like the Scotty Moore? Uh... Not exactly. The 135 is, is kind of like a single cutaway, same deal like that, uh -huh. heavier and a little bit thicker. Yeah. Uh, boy, they sound really good. Really? Oh, they sound really good. Do oh, you, yeah. see that one doesn't have the foam. Do you have any feedback problems with that one? Uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, but it's really good feedback. I mean, yes. it's really? wild feedback. This, this because I got to do a lot of different stuff with it, different songs. That I just use for, uh, for a song called River Love. I have another one that's a backup as well. So, I mean, it, it, he switches, Jason switches them sure. out, whatever, whatever he feels like yeah. that day. Are you like a one guitar per song kind of guy? No, all night long if I could. Oh, really? Yeah, all night long, unless oh, I, unless it's a, G, a D tuning or a something else. Really? With that shorter neck, can you still get like that hit me with your best shot solo? Oh, yeah, go up there. Yeah, it's right here. Yeah. You got room. Huh, how great, Yeah, yeah, man. yeah, that's uh, everything. All night long I play that one. Wow, how yeah. great. Yeah. Now, we're going to try and get to your, I realize right now during sound check, Correct. we can't get to your uh, pedal board. Correct. But... You're not really a pedal guy. Not a pedal guy. Uh, I have a, a, a Bradshaw rack, and for ease of use for these venues, because they can just plug in one cable, that's kind of the reason why we use it. Yeah. Um, I've never been a, a pedal guy. Um, when I played with Rick, his rig, he had a few things, a few things, and I'd say, Rick, let me try your rig out. It sounds fantastic. And I got on it, and I play it. I sound just like me. I didn't sound like him. I, I want to sound like that. He goes, you'll never sound like that. I go, you're right. I said, we'll never sound like this either. And, you know, same difference. Yeah. We had our, our hands. So then I realized, you know, so much is in your hands and, and you could get so uh, caught up with effects that uh, I just, I never, I was never that big on that. Never, right. ever. You know, I just, yeah. one of those things, you know. Now, like on, um, like on uh, Best Shot, there's like a yep. little chorusing on that, isn't it? Or how did you record? No, what was the, what what you hear on that is uh, I used always 212 Marshall combos like this, uh, 100 is that, watts. It's like the Blues Breaker. Oh or? no no no, that was this was this was after this is uh, these came out in 1978 or 77. Oh, wow. They're master uh, master uh, preamp uh, combos, 212s. They did really poorly with Marshall. Huh. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't a big fan of them because the idea was you, to make a hundred watt amp that people could throw in the back of their trunk. Right. That guitar weighs as much as a house, so wow. people couldn't really be putting moving it oh, around because really? it's wow. so heavy. Oh yeah, that's a very heavy amp. So what I did is I used two in sort of a stereo thing. One was uh, direct straight, and the other one was uh, uh, using a harmonizer rack space studio uh, unit that would just pitch change a little bit. Make oh, it really? just a little sharp. That's all that was. So, so it wasn't chorusing. Kind of a dry, wet. Yeah, kind of... dry. That was the only effect I used. And, wow. a, and a delay. I like a delay. I used a little delay for things. Yeah. Um, back then, do you yes. remember what kind of delay you were using? When... Yeah, I used the Ibanez. Oh, really? Just the... Uh... No, the rack mount. Oh. Yeah. I used... It, it, I had this guy who was the... Uh, Neil Schaefer. Kenny Schaefer? I think Kenny Schaefer. Yeah, Kenny Schaefer who did the uh, Vega Schaefer wireless. Oh, yeah. And he built my very first rack. And he says, you could be able to use a harmonizer in, like you use in a studio and a delay that you use in a studio, and I can put it line level, and you can run it through your amps. I said, wow. So he made this great sound in rack. Yeah. And that's what I used. It was fantastic. Huh. It was fantastic. Noisy is 
you know, hell, but it was fantastic. Right. So your live rig, yeah. um, this is like in 78, 79, uh -huh. and it's basically identical to your studio rig. Exactly, yeah, yeah it was Marshall Combos. When we did the uh, US Festival, I think it was in, I don't know, I don't know I'm not good with dates, it's been so long, uh, 1980, 81, whatever that was, the US mm -hmm. Festival, it was the largest crowd we were going to play for, I don't know, half a million people. So, or more, it was a ton of people there. And I needed more stage volume, I thought. So I talked to Marshall and, and I says, you know, I need some more 212s. He goes, well, we can't sell them because nobody wants them. So I'll just give them to you. I'll give you as many as you need. Really? And I, I think I paid just a small, tiny little bit just to ship them or something. And I got six more or something like that. I had them up on stage. Um, and then, But I only used uh, two at a time. And, and I still have them, and now you can't find them anywhere. Nobody's wow. got them. They're so rare, it's ridiculous. So is that your, st your same amp you're, you're running today? I do. Uh, I have them on stage, but I'm using actually 900s, Marshall 900s, because I can turn them up louder, and they uh, have been really loyal, knock on wood. Yeah. You know, they, they're a little more stable sure. than these. They yeah. sound great, but they usually sound great when they're ready to die. So. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's cool, too, because you're... you're um, you're not a real dirty player. I no. mean, it's 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 um, it's very clean, real mm -hmm. precise, and you're not like you're not like uh, hiding behind a bunch of distortions. Well, I can't play with a lot of distortion because I I need to hear the pick hit the string, and if I don't, then I I, I, I can't play like that. I, I need to hear you know the attack like you yeah. know I need to chunk. I want to hear that chunk. I want to feel that air. You know, like a kick drum and you feel the air from a right. kick drum. I want to feel that from the guitar, yeah. and I can't do that with sustain with too much distortion can't do it yeah. I tried I wish I could can't do it huh yeah yeah what yeah it's it's a just a killer tone thank you so live right now you're running like say you're playing your starfire mm -hmm. it runs into the Bradshaw system and you've got a few effects but you're really not engaging anything. I'm only using a delay really? that's all I use now yeah just a delay for solos just a little bit of a you know a little tail little yeah. thing like that and I use 4 by 12 one nine hundred on stage a 4 by 12 with the back take a uh, split. So it's got the same back as this, you know, with the uh, open open back. Yeah. So it's a 4 by 12 open back oh, wow. Marshall cabinet. Wow. Did they, is that like a special order? They thing? just did my other tech that I had before. He, he custom did that for me. Because huh. I like to have, I don't like when 4 by 12s are, are sealed. I like to have the openness of that yeah. air. You know, yeah, a whole different It's time. a different deal, yeah. It works yeah. really good. And that's all I use for this, this thing we're doing, this arena thing we're doing this year. Uh, one amp, that's it. Wow. One amp, two mics on one speaker, and that's it. Wow, man, yeah. way to man up and that's play it. guitar. Turn it up, turn it up, <laughs> just turn it up. Yeah, and then you're playing acoustic on a, uh, are you playing acoustic on a few songs? Yeah, we do, we well? do a couple acoustic things as well. Yeah, I use, uh, I don't use this one so much. This is a great little guitar, this little Yamaha. I use Alvarez uh, No Hole six string and a 12 string that I send through a Leslie and through a 900 head as well. Wow. So I use the, I use the spinning, you know, the Leslie yeah. with a DI. I also go through another 900 amp that's turned down really quietly and clean. So I have a, this acoustic six is actually electrified with the DI and with the Leslie. Wow, how cool. Yeah, so it's like a three, uh, three amp or three type source. Is there a Sounds. DI going straight from the guitar to the front of the house? Or is yeah, the front of the house gets the DI, it gets the Leslie mic'd, and it gets the amp mic'd. Wow. Yeah, so the Leslie stereo, and uh, no pedal, and, uh, you know, real Leslie, and that's kind of it. Wow, yeah. what a great tone. That's pretty good. Yeah, and getting back to your, 
guitar rig, it's just so yeah. amazing. You're not like any boost pedals or anything for solos, you just all volume? All volume. Just turn your knob and... Volume, go. yeah, because I, I, I do a lot with the volume. I always did on guitars. So, you know, if, if you had a number on it and if you were to look at it, I'd be at, most of the time, rhythm stuff, they'd be seven on the volume. And then solos, I'll go all the way to 10 on the volume, then back to rhythm, back to seven. That's why you might hear it be clean, because yeah. when, it's, when I go to 10 and it starts distorting, it's good for single light stuff, but it's not good for chordal stuff for me. Wow, do you lose, when you roll your, your uh, volume back, do you lose some of that high end? No, because we put those little, uh, I don't know what it is, is it a little resistor? No, a little cap, some sort of thing on the, on the tone control. So that's a mod Yeah, that we do. doing We do it on every guitar, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, if you turn it down, it gets a little, it gets like this, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does. Now it, now it sounds like that. Yeah, wow, mm -hmm. that's, that's great. Yeah, it works, I put them on every guitar, I have them put them on. Wow, how great. Yeah, it works good. Okay, uh, Neil, we opened it up to uh, Facebook to say, what should we ask you? Sure. So here's one, uh, one guy that said, ask him about the Shadow of the Night solo and why it sounds like he never went back to finish it. It's a weird, <laughs> sparse solo that sounds like a placeholder. Or maybe that's what he meant to do. Of course, of course I meant to do it. <laughs> yeah. Everything I do, I mean to do. <laughs> right. It's the anti-solo because I, I didn't want to play... I, I, I was working so hard on the arrangement of all the stuff we do anyway. Mm. You know, when it came time to do the solo, I says, you know, I'm, I'm doing all these melodic solos and they all make sense in such a short amount of time yeah. inside the song. I just want to make an anti-solo, just something that's like the guitar fighting you back. Yeah. You know, and I, and I spun the harmonizer up as far as it could go, so it's doing double octave and it's, it's just doing goofy stuff. Yeah. I just thought it kind of... It was a little, a little bit of an anti thing. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. Like, well, and yeah, I mean, I like the way you're approaching it as a producer, not just mm -hmm. a guitar always, player. Always. Yeah. Always. Actually, the beginning of the record was me doing a thing that went doo 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 with this. Blah, 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 blah. That was the beginning, and I always hated it. And then uh, when we were mixing it, I heard the vocal, a vocal chorus getting mixed, uh, the levels. Mm -hmm. And I says, wait, that's our intro cut that, we're gonna cut that vocal chorus, we're gonna put that on the front of the song. That's how we're starting the song. Well, we're cool. gonna lose the guitar. Did, did you write that song too? No, okay. no, I just wow. arranged it and made all the record. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Bunch of noise with it. Then, like, on the, uh, like on the Rick Springfield uh, track, Jesse Girl, mm -hmm. Jesse's Girl, you played every instrument on that? No, all the guitars and the bass. Yeah. Oh. Rick played, I think a little keyboard, I think he played the keyboard thing on it, obviously sang it and wrote a great song, so. Yeah. yeah. And so you basically is you and a drummer and that's right. Rick doing we cut the the drummer and I cut the track after we cut the basic track. Did you cut with bass or guitar? No, no guitar. Okay, so always. It's, so it's just drums and guitar always. going down. Every track I've ever done is like that. No huh. bass. Huh. Bass overdub later. Wow. Always, because I can hear uh, every I can hear everything much clearer. And once I get the track, then we overdub bass. Wow. I've, yeah. I've done that forever. You yeah, sink you and really swim with lock. it. If yeah. the drummer goes down, the track goes down. If the guitar goes down, the track goes down. You're both on a buddy system. Yeah. That's how you do it. If you, if it's just the way we do it. So, even on the uh, Pat Benatar stuff, did you? Always. Wow. Heartbreaker. Always. Yeah. Same way. Really? Mm -hmm. How many guitars are on Heartbreaker? Just uh, two, uh, two, two rhythms, and then the solo. At the end. Yeah. That's all. That's very simple. Big track. Yeah. Big track, yeah, but pretty big track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out pretty good, Helen. Hey, um, if you don't mind, tell me a little sure. bit about your Bradshaw rig that you're kind of not even really using. How right. did you, why'd you get it? I got it because uh, Luke, Lukather, Steve Lukather had this, he was in rehearsing. Every time he rehearsed in the same place, we rehearsed one of our rooms, he'd come running in. 
Spider, Spider, come on, come on, check my rig, check my rig, check my rig. And I was like, oh, he's such a nice guy, too. I said, yeah, yeah, sure, go. And then he goes, check this out. It's like, that's great stuff coming out. I go, that's amazing. What do you got in there? He goes, well, I got this and this and this. I go, wow, that sounds fantastic. I want that. He goes, yeah, Bradshaw, he makes these things, they're great. I said, oh, okay. So then I ordered one and I never, I never really use it. So, you know. Just another stupid thing. <laughs> and that's stupid. It's a great piece of gear, but I'm not that kind of guy. I don't yeah, play like that. You're very different players. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. amazing. I mean, and it's great. He works it great. I, I just can't. I don't have the I don't have the mentality for it. I'm I just it's a guitar's a tool and the song is the star and that's all I feel it. That's how it works to me. Yeah. Always did. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I know you play a lot of instruments, mm -hmm. but uh, has guitar always been your number one thing? How'd you get into it? Well, yeah, guitar started it. It started when I started playing when I was six years old because uh, my father, my parents wanted me to play guitar so I could do duets with my sister who played accordion so we can do songs from the old country, Santa Lucia, you know, for the gatherings on Sunday with the family and friends and stuff. And I really hated it because I want to be a football player. I come up from Cleveland, I want to be Jimmy Brown, man. That's the 50s, 60s. You want to be Jimmy Brown. You know, you don't want to play guitar. But, you know, I, I, I didn't... I didn't want to play in the beginning, and then it just it just transformed into stuff. My mother would play Elvis records all day long, and you know I didn't know who Scotty Moore was at the time, but you listen to the Hound Dog when he banged the guitar and that thing. I'm thinking, well, that's kind of cool. What's going on here? You know, I started hearing really good stuff, and and Chuck Berry and all kinds of great stuff was coming my way, and and then I went to see the Who, and that 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 just did everything. I was, oh, really? I was only 13 at the time, I think 13 or 14, 13, and and that just I said, wow, that's that's me, wow. Pete Townsend. Me. In, I want in to be Cleveland? Pete. Yeah, in Cleveland. And then, you know, piano was in there when I was about 12 because I, I loved Chuck Berry, but I loved I loved Johnson, the piano player. I yeah. mean, and I loved Jerry Lee Lewis, and I had those records. I didn't know who these people were, but I, I liked them, so I loved them. So that's what got me started with the guitar. You yeah. know, it was, was, you know, accordion and duets, which <laughs> went, went much further than that. So well, man, yeah, it went a long way. Went a little further than that. Yeah. yeah. So, Neil, you were the very first guitar player on MTV. Correct. Makes wow. me really old. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, first band uh, had uh, just a keyboard, bass, drums. Actually had background girl background singers, um, but they had no guitar in the band. So right. we were the second video played. Happened to be playing guitar at that time. So. Wow. What, what yeah. song was it? You Better Run. Oh, wow. Yeah, You Better Run. And then uh, at the same time that happened, the track I did for Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl, was number one. So it, it was kind of a good day. That's a, yeah, that's a big, <laughs> that was a good day. Uh, that's a big day. That was a big yeah. day, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know it's cool, though. I try to tell kids stuff, too, when they go, they say, wow, it's so historic and stuff. I said, well, it, it is historic, but, you know, when you go to make, when you're making history, you don't know you're doing that. Because right. if you knew you were doing it, you probably wouldn't end up doing it. You only realize it later. I mean, I never even knew it until... 15 years ago, until somebody said, you know, you're the, you're the first guitar player on MTV. And I thought, what? I never even, never, it never came across my mind. So, wow. Yeah, and that, uh, like Jesse's girl, didn't, didn't you say that, that, that his dog was like, uh, yeah, he had this pit bull terrier. He loved that dog. He, he was a fantastic, <laughs> yeah, but he, he let it in the control room and we cut the track, which is, uh, drums and bass, uh, drums and guitar. Mike Bear was playing drums. I was doing the guitar, the basic track of that. Rick was singing. And he was in a he was in a studio, but he was just behind a, a gobo, which is singing with a vocal mic, just as a guide vocal. And he put his dog in, and the dog came right and sat right there and hit his head right, right by my crotch. I'm, I'm looking at Mike Beer, and I'm going, "Does this dog really have to be here for this? I mean, does he do this all the time? Maybe I don't know." So 
Yeah, boy, out. hard to lay back the beat when you. Yeah, when you got that the dog right there. <laughs> I ended up getting the pit bull because of that because oh, really? he, he loved his dog and, and he would take you could take a basketball, and you could throw it to the dog. The dog would go <laughs> and bust the basketball. I thought that was fantastic because <laughs> I ended up getting a, a, a pit bull too because that. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. It's a great dog, great guy. Rick's a great guy. So. Right. Yeah. Well, Neil, can't thank you enough for joining us today. Thank Have you. a great tour. Really thank pleasure. Thank you, John. Thank you. Happy to be here. Have fun out there, all you guitar people. Happy <laughs> guitar people.